Welcome to Gautrain Talks, a podcast series for people on the move. Welcome to the Gautrain Talks podcast station, the place to be for all matters related to the Gautrain and how it came to be South Africa's first ever rapid rail link. The Gautrain Management Agency, in partnership with the Gauteng City Region Observatory, hosted the fifth installment of the annual public transport knowledge seminar in October 2022. This year's theme was Action Learning for Innovation in Public Transport. And in part one, you'll hear from Siobongo Mabaso, the senior executive responsible for technical services, and Jeff Beckford, researcher for the Gauteng City Region Observatory, as they reflect on public transport knowledge seminars over the years. Well, let's get going and reflect on the previous public transport knowledge seminars as well as the experiences that have been gained over that period of time. And my guest panelists are Mr. Siabonga Mabaso, who's a senior executive responsible for technical services. Pleasure to have you with us. As well as uh, Jeff Bigford, who's researcher with the Gauteng City Region Observatory. Gentlemen, welcome. Pleasure uh, to have you share your thoughts with us. Let's reflect on the public transport knowledge seminars that we've had so far, the different themes over the years, starting with you, Siam. Thank you, Tim. Uh, the objective of the seminar has always been very clear. As it, you know, you can see it from the theme, is to share the transport knowledge. So that is, <coughs> excuse me, that is what has you know, happened over the, the past. We've made sure that we share the public transport knowledge uh, with the various stakeholders. But it's, only, it's not only transport information from the transport practitioners themselves. We've also made sure that we share public transport and insights from research institutions, from academia, uh, specialists and institutions, and also from the users of public transport. Uh, because that is when you get the proper perspective of what public transport is and what are the experiences that the people are experiencing when they are using our public transport. So that has been you know, our overall theme to ensure that this knowledge is shared and the learnings that we get from public transport as well as, you know, because the learnings help us to be able to improve our public transport. Mm. So that is what has, has happened in the, past, in the past few years. Jeff, as a researcher, you would have a sense of what the trans public transport users, the commuters, expect from the providers of these services. Typically, what would you say those are? Yes, yeah, so, so uh, as, as the Gauteng City Region Observatory, one of the core areas of the, the partnership is around the Knowledge Seminar for exactly that reason. It's an organization that collects a huge amount of data, research, and is in touch with what's happening in the broader city region. Um, and so what we're seeing in the experience of public transport passengers uh, in the region is, is a decline in satisfaction, largely, with the public transport experience. Uh, longer travel times, um, larger safety risks and an overall dissatisfaction in fact with public transport services. So what that leads to is a lot of people really, really desiring to move to private cars. Mm. And, and that's the challenge that public transport uh, practitioners and professionals face. And where I think the car train has been so important. Sure, and not many people want to own buy cars or own cars and of course be stuck in in the heavy traffic, especially in, in Johannesburg, right? But you mentioned something about the decline of the experience when it comes to public transport. Typically, give me examples of that. Yeah, so, so if you uh, are a metro rail user, 
who even pre the pandemic was reliant on this very cheap, it's the cheapest form of public transport, but provided an essential tra travel service for the poorest of the poor in cities. And that service decline has, has continued over many years to the point where there's very limited service availability for Metro Rail. During COVID, in fact, a lot of those services stopped. So people were having to pay more to use minibus taxis to travel the same distance that they were using before. And for many, it was unaffordable. So the, the opportunity to travel, in fact, stopped. Let's come back to the seminars now. Um, we've had a few already. Let's focus on the specific themes that you addressed over the past few years. So, so what we've been trying to see is how do we make public transport attractive? So in order to be able to achieve that, then you need the input from all the other stakeholders. Because public transport is an ecosystem you know, that enables mobility of people from whether they are place of residence to a place of employment and vice versa. But over and above that, we've realized that there is also a need to ensure that, you know, either than just traveling during the morning and the afternoon peak, there's a need for transport during the off-peak periods. And that is for the different markets. It's for your tourists, it's for the people that are not in the mainstream you know, employment, um, as it were, uh, and artists and, and the likes. So public transport needs to then encompass all of those. So in our discussion with various stakeholders, it has helped us to see the need to improve some of these services so that mobility is provided for all the commuters in the province. Well, but I, I think a lot of commuters, their point of departure up front, it's likely to be the point that Jeff may make public transport available. Mm. Let's start there. Mm. So, what's the problem, Jeff? Why is it not there? Because it's one of those things that, especially in an urban setting, such as Gauteng and Joburg specifically, people would expect that it should be there. It used to be there. Yeah. So I think as a... As, a, as an important aspect to answer that is there's a, there's a big governance question around the delivery of public transport. And what's so interesting is when the World Cup arrived, the impetus around the World Cup, because the globe, we were on the global stage and everyone was watching, there was this desire to, to deliver better, improved public transport service for many people who didn't have another option. And that led to a wave of almost 15 years of really targeted invest, investments in improved public transport. And since the World Cup has, has come and gone, we've seen that, that energy and impetus wane. And so there's, there's, we're not seeing the same level of commitment to improve public transport. And hence, we're seeing service decline across many public transport modes. And so I think there are, we, we don't have all the answers, but I think there are critical governance questions around why are we unable to deliver improved public transport services to our people, even when the world uh, isn't watching. Sure, and I'm going to probe that subject later on in this webinar. I'm going back to the seminar that you had this past year where you brought in artists, people who do not necessarily operate in your space and are not necessarily experts when it comes to public transport. What are the key learnings that you drew from there and how are those going to be applied? The main learning, obviously, is when you speak to people that are using public transport, they share with you their experience. I mean, the artist that was there shared with us the experience that he had while using public transport to go and perform somewhere. So that helped us to see then how important public transport is, you know, in connecting people, I mean, with their opportunities that are there. 
So, I mean, that is what then helps us to see that for us to have a proper pub public transport service or system, we need to have a proper structure. I think one of the learnings that I personally learned in one of the seminars is exactly that. There was a, uh, an academic uh, individual that was presenting there and he made this statement. He says, the behavior of a system is a function of its structure. Mm. So, Jeff just mentioned that during the World Cup, there was proper structure that enabled people to use public transport. So we want to continue to maintain those structures or governance, as he put it, that will enable public transport to happen for all the people in the province or for all the different and various stakeholders that are using public transport. Let's talk about the practical experience of how train itself, the operations of how train. It's still available as a as a mode of, of transport, and uh, I want to believe that you still keep time, and you are always available, is, is that correct? That, that's, that's definitely correct. And yeah. it leads to another question, then it, people ask, if how train can do it, how, firstly, let me ask this, how has how train, its management and people responsible for operations, managed to keep it going the same way, delivering the same quality of uh, service, probably improving in, in certain areas, but the same is not experienced in other aspects of uh, railway transport in the country. I think it's about the level of service that we set ourselves from the, from the onset, where we wanted to ensure that we provide a public transport service that will be punctual and available and, and, and on time for the people to be able to, to commute. And, and if you look at the objectives of the health range, it was ensure that we stimulate the economy of the, of the province by connecting the, the, the three metros, which is Swane, Jobek, as well as the Guruleni, mm. connecting it to the international airport, as well as the financial services that are in the Sentinel area and the employment opportunities. So those objectives meant that we needed to have an efficient system that is safe, reliable, because I think when it comes to public transport, but safety is still a, you know, quite a great concern for most commuters. Mm. So by providing a safe, reliable public transport, it enabled them for people to have confidence and were able to leave their cars and use public transport because it fulfilled that need, as well as enabling them to, to travel, you know, on time. Sure. And, and how train is at the center of this, but we do have the bus services that should link to it, the, the uh, minibus, uh, taxi services and so on. How, how do you integrate those other public transport services into the how train services? I think, Tim, that is, that, is, that is key, the thought that you've just mentioned. I mean, how train cannot exist on its own, uh, but it requires to be integrated with other services. So. Part of that is that we've got a bus service that integrates, but over and above that, what we've done is we've, we've had partnership that we have currently with the taxi industry where they are providing services to the commuters that are using the health train and they are able to do this last mile service uh, for, for our commuters. And that partnership has been you know, in operation for the past 10 years and it's been very successful. But over and above that, with the planning that is done by the city, it is, we've seen also the integration that has happened with regards to their services that are integrating with our some of our stations like Park Station, Hatfield, and, and so forth. So that is key that we all work together to ensure that we, we fulfill the needs of the commuters in terms of mobility. 
Reflecting on the knowledge that's been gained over time, including from the seminars, uh, Jeff, what is your comment, firstly, from the years of experience with How Train, and secondly, from the seminar that was held the last time around when artists were here? Yes, I mean, I'd like to talk about how I was challenged as a public transport professional in last year's seminar and how wonderful it was to have non-transport professionals talking about the transport discipline in new ways and new exciting ways and some of the things that were mentioned um, were really stimulating because the, the, the creative aspects that the panel were looking at were things like when you use the system, any public transport system in the world, they were talking about you could be anywhere. You could be in Paris, New York. These systems don't have their own flavor, their own culture. And so they were reflecting on even using the systems in South Africa, thinking you could be in any system in the world. There's nothing that reflects our identity as Africans in Africa. And, and they were essentially challenging transport professionals to think about the, the kind of environment that's created by virtue of being in public space using public transport and where are the cultural artifacts, the things that stimulate your society and educate people about your culture and your heritage. And so th that was one point which I thought was, was absolutely fantastic and an opportunity to improve the way that we see ourselves as, uh, as South Africans and as Africans. Um, and then just one, one second point was this, this notion of innovation. And, and I think the panel really challenged us to think about what is innovation really? It's about trying new things. And in order to try new things, you have to move into what they termed the liminal phase, which is the phase where you actually don't know. You've left the platform or you've left your comfort zone and you've moved into a space that you don't know. And so they, they linked creativity to courage, which I thought was so powerful. And the, and the, um, the attendees of the, of the seminar really latched onto that idea and we had this discussion discussion about the importance of overcoming fear in trying to uh, solve problems in new ways as something that was critical for transport professionals. And so it added real flavor to the way that we think about our work as, as transport practitioners and challenged us to think about where we have opportunities to think about the challenges we face uh, differently. Well, let me latch on to that because our theme this time around is action learning for innovation in public transport. It's one thing to discuss, to learn, mm. it's another to apply. Mm. So the action, Sia, yes, is sir. what we would like to know a little bit more about. After learning, what happened? Yes, I think it is important to learn and, and also even to learn to what other international countries are doing. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's important to also look at our own situations and our own country and say, what are the solutions that are only the solutions that are for this country? You know, Because, I mean, we, we cannot just go and copy and paste as is, as we have our own problems, so we require our own solution. But we will only be able to find those solutions by experimenting. Mm. And, and testing to see if those solutions are, are effective. But when we do that, we are going to fail in some of them. But we shouldn't be afraid of, of failing, going back to courage, so that we can be able to find a solution that, are, that, are, that, that, that will fulfill the needs of our commuters. I think you know, that is the, one of the brave things that we did as the how train when we made partnership with the taxi industry. Even up until today, some people still ask, how do you work with the taxi industry? But the reason why it's successful is because we've created a structure 
and they understand the structure because we've explained it to them in their own terms so that they can be able to understand. So that experiment, that started as an experiment, is one of the greatest success that we see now, but it helped us also to see that we need to work with others in order to provide solutions to our commuters. So action is important and we need courage to do it. But the artists might have given you homework when they discussed with you the last time, right? What, what kind of homework did they give you? And if they were here and I'm asking, did you deliver on what we suggested? What would you say, Jeff? So one of the things that they started with was, was actually the disconnect of government, bureaucracy, with creativity. And so we built these organizations that in a way don't allow and afford the creativity, the space to experiment, the space to fail, because they lock you into time and, and rigid plans. And so they opened with that, almost making a, an awareness of the fact that these organizations, in fact, don't celebrate creativity in the way that they perform. And so, in honesty, if they were sitting here, they would probably still be challenging and saying, it's too slow. Why aren't you trying more? Why aren't you inviting more people into the conversation, more creative people, more artisanal people to support and enhance what you're doing? And I think that that's a rallying cry that, that transport professionals should take hold of because what COVID taught us was that everything you thought you know can be swept right out from under you. And the world as you know it can change in the blink of an eye. And, and having more people who understand problems differently allow you to enter that new world with more confidence and, you know, and more courage. And so I think they would be challenging us. I think they would be saying we haven't done enough. Um, and, and I think that there's room, you know, there's always room for more, for, for more creativity. So the one thing they did say, which, which really, um, I suppose, touched me in a way, was that as transport professionals, we, we lean towards the technical. It's, it's overly technical. We think it's a technical prof profession. And what they were saying was, in fact, if you just stop and you listen to what people are experiencing, what they need, what they desire, um, you know, what they hope in their, for in their lives, you could probably start thinking about solutions that meet people where they're at and are more human-centered. And so I think that that's a call that we would need to take forward. And I think the sector needs to improve on uh, moving forward. Sure. And the sector basically is uh, is an ecosystem that's based on partnerships and yeah. the experience that you've had. Dealing with today's challenges and going forward, Sia, as we conclude, um, what do you think we should take away from an engagement such as this one? I think what is key is to know that partnerships are critical for us to be able to achieve the goals that we need. I think we've, we've done well in partnering with other public transport sectors or stakeholders, but what is even more important is to partner with the commuters. Let's partner with them and really, just as Jeff mentioned, understand their needs so that we can be able to provide the solutions that are required. And at the same time, what I've also learned in my experience is that there's so much that you can learn from, from those stakeholders. So it is for us not to partner with them because we want to tell them our plans, but because we want to learn from them so that we can be able to implement the solutions that fulfills their mobility needs. Partnerships with commuters and understanding their needs are clearly critical to further Gau train success, a key takeout of part one. To listen to more from the fifth instalment of the annual public transport knowledge seminar and other interviews about the Gau train, please subscribe to our podcasts by searching for Gau train talk station on your podcast app. 
You can also access further material on our website. That's gautrain.coza or follow us on Twitter. 